The epidemic is continuing to ease, but at a very slow pace. Cases remained above 30,000 on Thursday, and the number of deaths again exceeded 100. However, even in the face of fast-spreading subvariants, the CECC says there's no need to step up testing. In fact, it had good news for those dreaming of an overseas vacation. Domestic cases totaled 31,364. Local cases are decreasing gradually. The number of new domestic COVID-19 cases has hovered around 30,000 for several days now, but CECC Chief Chen Shizhong says the downward trend is clear. Today, there were more than 31,000 cases. Yesterday, there were over 34,000 cases, which is 96% of the number on Tuesday. Today, the case count is 91% of the figure on Wednesday. So it's clear that cases are going down. At their peak, I think there were more than 90,000 cases on May 18th and again on May 27th. But the single-day total has never exceeded 100,000, so the scale of the epidemic has been within our expectations. Given the aggressiveness of Omicron subvariants BA4 and BA5, could expanded testing and quarantine be necessary? For the time being, the CECC says no. We will look at the results from the first round of tests, then decide whether a second round is needed. We currently have community transmission, and many people right now have natural immunity after being infected. Given the immunity that these provide, we are not considering any upgrade to testing measures at present. For weeks now, Taiwan has capped the number of international arrivals at 25,000 a week. But with demand for international travel surging, the CECC announced Thursday that the ceiling will be raised to 40,000 with immediate effect to satisfy the appetite of travel-starved Taiwanese. Overall demand seems to be getting greater and greater. Although BA4 and BA5 are a concern and have high infection rates, their severity doesn't seem worse. This policy adjustment satisfies the needs of Taiwanese who want to travel abroad. In response to the new arrivals limit, the Civil Aeronautics Administration said it will look at airline schedules for June and July and adjust its quotas accordingly. Also on Thursday, Taiwan updated its testing rules for people returning to Taiwan. Starting July 14th, holders of national ID cards and residence certificates will not need to complete a PCR test within 48 hours before the return flight. This effectively means being able to board with no screening required. Overseas, there are relatively few PCR test sites, and that makes things inconvenient. The second issue pertains to finding a test site overseas during a short-term trip. If you can't find one or if you test positive, you need to remain overseas. That can be an even bigger problem. At the Taoyuan Airport's pickup and drop-off area, staff hand out flyers. They remind everyone to wear gloves, to disinfect passengers' luggage and the soles of their shoes before entering the car, and to keep windows wound down while driving. These little measures can make a big difference in stopping the spread of BA5. 
We reported yesterday on Taiwan's first local cases of Omicron subvariant BA.5. They are two people who were infected by family members from overseas. Doctors say it's likely that BA.5 has already been spreading in the community for some time. They believe the best hope of stopping the spread of BA.5 is a next-generation vaccine. Airport pickups have reopened for friends and family, but the measure has given Omicron subvariant BA.5 its own opening to spread into the community. Experts are sounding the alarm ahead of Taiwan's next COVID-19 wave. It's most likely that the sub-variant has been spreading in the community for some time now, and there's no way case numbers will fall anytime soon. This reflects Taiwan's epidemic prevention trends. Cases don't increase very quickly, and likewise, when the number of local cases decreases, it does so slowly. As borders gradually reopen, the arrival of the variant is inevitable, experts say. It's believed that cases may have been entering Taiwan for some time already, with doctors expecting that, in as little as a month, a corresponding surge in cases may occur. The index case had entered Taiwan on July 19. Overseas, it's typical for cases to rise a certain degree about a month or a month and a half after the first case arrives. Taiwan may gradually see case numbers increase somewhat, but I don't expect them to reach the level of 50,000 to 60,000 per day. What we should watch for is a situation after September where the antibody protection of people naturally infected in April and May begins to wear off. This could open a window after September, allowing BA4 and BA5 to trigger another wave of infections. Some experts say that relying solely on current vaccines developed for the original COVID-19 strain is fighting a losing battle. Successfully blocking infections, they say, will require the use of next-generation vaccines. Once BA5 becomes dominant, the scale of cases is likely to be twice what it is now. Therefore, the key is when Taiwan will have access to a next-generation vaccine. Once this timeline becomes clear, we will have more information to go on. Although fourth shots have not been rolled out for the entire population, doctors are reminding high-risk groups that they have priority for the booster. It's currently a race against time. With next-generation vaccines expected as early as September, the question is whether the next wave can be held off until then. With inflation running rampant, your groceries aren't the only thing getting more expensive. Bus companies in Taipei and New Taipei are facing growing operating expenses, and they say a price hike of 6 NT per rider is necessary. That's a costly prospect for local governments. They don't want to raise bus fares for passengers, but that could mean shouldering the price hike themselves at a price tag of over 4.5 billion NT. On city buses in Greater Taipei, most riders know that a tap on the sensor deducts 15 NT. But amid inflation and the COVID pandemic, bus operators are eager to raise rates. If you have to ride the bus every day, an increase would seem like a big change and a big burden. I think that even a 1 NT or 2 NT increase would be too much. Although if you bought a monthly bus pass, you'd be in for an even bigger bargain. I would buy a monthly pass. 
Commuters fear the impact of a rate hike on their wallets. Today, the standard fare is 15 NT, while the student rate is 12 NT and the concessionary rate 8 NT. Fares for customers have stayed the same for 21 years. There's also a figure known as the official cost per passenger. That's currently 19.31 NT, and the difference between that and the fare is subsidized by city governments. Citing a 35% hike in operating costs, bus companies want an additional 6 NT per passenger. If none of that is passed on to the customer, city governments will need to pay an extra 4.6 billion NT. Of course, bus operators want an increase to the official cost per passenger. But if that rate is adjusted, city governments will need to increase their subsidies. Right now, the subsidies are already more than what the city governments can afford, so operators will need to raise fares for customers. Experts say that a full 6 NT fare hike is unlikely. The official cost per passenger is reviewed every two years by a committee, and increases range between 0.5 and 1 NT. The last meeting was in 2020. Bus operators must propose a rate hike plan to be assessed by the committee. This year, adjustment proposals for the official rate can be submitted in July. So far, the Public Transport Office has not received any relevant documentation or any applications for an adjustment. Regarding bus fares, generally speaking, the fares will remain the same. With regard to the rates that passengers are charged, once passenger volume stabilizes, we'll discuss passenger rates further. At present, this is not a priority. In both Taipei and New Taipei, local officials say there are no immediate plans to raise bus fares. They say that a review of the official passenger rate will take at least half a year, so the question of fares won't be handled until after the November elections. Taiwan's child benefits are going up. Starting in August, the monthly child-rearing allowance will rise from 3,500 NT per child to 5,000 NT. All children under five years old are eligible, so long as they're being raised by their parents or grandparents. Last year, the child-rearing allowance was 2,500 NT, and it was raised to 3,500 NT. Next month, it will go up to 5,000 NT. As for affordable childcare centers, there were 180,000 slots in 2016, and now there are 560,000. The government will pay 5,000 NT a month for family's first child. It will pay 6,000 NT a month for a second child, and 7,000 NT for a third and any additional child after that. In addition, paid care for children 2 to 6 years old will become more affordable. Starting in August, fees at all public and semi-public preschools will be capped at 3,000 per child. It's midsummer now and Taiwan is bursting with fruit. We spoke to one chef who knows how to make any entree the perfect summer refreshment. His fruity garnishing puts a fresh twist on the standard menu classics. Whether it's fish with pineapple sauce or pork with grapes, any dish can become a summer appetizer with a little fruit to liven it up. A tiger grouper fried to a golden crispy perfection and covered with a cape of pineapple, mango and kiwi. The traditional recipe for candied vinegar fish has gotten a remix with handfuls of fruit to balance out its rich oiliness. The whole fish was first dropped into the deep fryer and sizzled away until the skin formed a tight seal to keep in the moisture. 
Meanwhile, pineapple, mango, and kiwi were blanched. You wouldn't want to put raw fruit straight in with deep-fried fish. Then the chef added a little lemon juice to the traditional sugar vinegar syrup. When it hits the pan, it gently caramelizes and brings out the subtle notes of the fruit. Then the mixture is drizzled over the grouper until it absorbs all that sweet and sour goodness. We match more acidic fruits with seafood, as the acidity masks the fishiness of the seafood. As for fruits that are not sour, fruits that are sweet, we pair those with meat. These grapes go perfectly with sweet and sour pork without stealing the limelight. Pickled shoulder of pork is blanched in oil and fried until golden. Sweet peppers and grapes are added to the mixture, and without too much extra sauce, their delicate flavors can shine. We choose the riper fruit to cook with. We don't want fruit that's too sour or too sweet. Too much acidity will change the flavor. Finally, how about a sirloin steak with lychees? Pears make a sweet and refreshing sauce. No matter which fruit you're craving this summer, this chef knows exactly how to work it into a delicious main meal. A U.S. delegation led by Florida Senator Rick Scott touched down in Taiwan on Thursday. The three-day visit will include meetings with President Tsai Ing-wen and Premier Xu Zhenchang. Also on the itinerary are meetings with representatives of the Cabinet's Office of Trade Negotiations to discuss issues including Taiwan-U.S. security and economic relations. Scott arrived in Taiwan following a trip to Japan where he met with officials including Defense Minister Kishi Nobuo. Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs called Scott a longtime ally, noting he had introduced several Taiwan-friendly related bills. So far this year, he is the seventh U.S. Congress person to visit Taiwan. Speculation has been swirling for weeks over who the DPP will pick to run for mayor in Taipei and New Taipei. It seems like two names may finally be firming up as favorites. CECC head Chen Shizhong and Pingdong County Commissioner Pan Mongan. We won't have to wait long for a confirmation. The DPP says it will officially announce its nominees by July 17th. Will CECC Chief Chen Shizhong run for Taipei mayor? Reports are swirling that the DPP will nominate him next week. But with the rise of BA5, there's talk that Chen is timing his departure from the CECC to avoid the political fallout of a COVID resurgence. If Chen Shizhong were to leave, I don't think that would necessarily have anything to do with the epidemic. He could have quit long ago. Leaving before the lifting of border restrictions would have been best for him politically. Because before we began easing the rules, his performance record was stellar. Once you start relaxing the rules, case numbers go up and a lot of problems come with it. He didn't choose to run away before then, and that's something worth commending. The DPP appears close to naming its candidate for Taipei. As for new Taipei, media commentator Clara Cho shared her best guess on social media. She wrote, Chen Shizhong and Pan Mong'an are a dream team for Greater Taipei. DPP Chairman Tsai is serious about winning. Right now, my main focus is on county governance. 
I don't have plans to run. I'm focusing on county governance. Since June, Bingdong County Commissioner Pan Meng An has denied rumors that he will run for mayor in New Taipei, but sources say that he spoke with President Tsai Ing-wen recently and that there's been a change to his plans. In the past, we've seen lots of media reports and media exclusives about who will be nominated and when they will be nominated. In the end, we saw that in most cases, the information turned out to be false. So today, these revelations about Chen Shizhong and Pan Mong'an only reflect the people's confidence in their abilities. We've considered people who are appearing in these media reports and people you haven't even thought about. We have conducted very intensive consultations over many people. We should be able to finalize the nominees before the party's national congress. The DPP says it will pick its candidates for Greater Taipei before the July 17th National Congress. It plans to finalize the names at its Central Executive Committee meeting next Wednesday. Taiwan stock market staged a recovery on Thursday after falling below the 14,000-point mark the day before. The main index opened higher and closed higher, rising 2.51% to end trade at 14,336 points. The recovery comes as retail investors breathe a sigh of relief ahead of a National Stabilization Fund meeting on Monday. We are closely monitoring the market. The fund committee is scheduled to convene on July 11th to discuss whether to step in. The criteria for intervention are clearly stipulated. When global markets don't fall sharply but the TIEX does, the National Stabilization Fund is more likely to intervene. The Financial Supervisory Commission is more likely to put restrictions on short selling, but restricting short selling can cause turnover to shrink further. The analyst says that such restrictions can be good and bad for the market. So far this year, the TIEX has fallen by some 25%. At Monday's meeting, the managers of the Stock Rescue Fund will discuss measures to stem panic selling and stabilize the Taiwan market. The pandemic has hit all of us, but not everyone is in the same boat. Around the world, the impact varies dramatically. Even in Taiwan, there's a whole spectrum of stories to tell. We turn now to Penghu, where residents have a different experience of self-isolation than the rest of Taiwan. Penghu folk enjoy an abundant supply of fish and too much to eat sometimes. It makes a big freezer. It makes a big freezer a normal part of the kitchen home, and that comes in handy when you get a surprise visit from COVID. The freezer opens up to reveal a treasure trove of packages. All kinds of fish and meat line the cabinet, making it look more like the store for a busy restaurant than a family home. Yeah, here's where I put things I can cook at the drop of a hat. It wouldn't work if you didn't have this freezer here. Inside this upright fridge freezer, the freezer is completely packed. For people in Penghu, a freezer is just as ubiquitous as a fridge. Yeah, I buy fish, young squid, dumplings. At another neighbor's house, the hostess opens her freezer to show us dozens of bags of dumplings and wonton and a big pack of fish. Stockpiling everyday essentials has become the norm here, so they never worry about running out of things to eat. Instead, what's worrying is the threat of a power cut, which could destroy the store food. 
We're afraid of a power cut that would do us in. If we had no electricity, all this stuff would be written off. The freezers never end here. Surrounded by water on all sides, Penghu has a plentiful supply of seafood on its shores, and what can't be cooked immediately goes into ice. That created a different kind of pandemic for Penghu. When people need to self-isolate, they don't worry about being trapped with no food in the house. Most families could survive a month or two just on the contents of their freezers. Midsummer is here. That means time to cool off with some ice dessert. Fig jelly, also known as ayu, is a classic Taiwanese sweet. The bowls of light jelly are served up with toppings such as sugar and fruit. We head now to one of the most beloved ayu restaurants in the country. This hidden jam has been cooling down the fog of Kaohsiung for three generations. Wild jelly fig seeds from Alishan are washed and processed to produce ayu. Its golden yellow shine is enough to make your mouth water. The chef uses a special tool to cut the jelly. The sound of that squelching has to count as ASMR. There are lots of loyal customers here today. The kumquat and lemon flavor is especially popular. Some people have been eating the sweet and sour treat here since they were little children. This shaved ice shop in Kaohsiung's Fengshan district has been handed down in the family for three generations. The current owner has been selling ayu for 40 years, and she still prides herself on only using the best ingredients and making the flavorings herself. We use wild jelly fig seeds for our ayu from Alishan. We wash them in hot water so it's silkier and it's all natural. Also, we add our sugar and boil it for five hours. We press all the kumquats and lemons here fresh, so that's what makes it special. They use real ingredients here. That's why it's managed to survive all this time. Yeah, in business for so long. Whenever I want to have ayu, I come here. The brown sugar flavor is slathered on top of the shaved ice. It's the very picture of midsummer. The family has been serving up summer treats to cool Kaohsiung down for three generations, and their hard work doesn't go unthanked.